Welcome to the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writing Podcast. Together, let's make strange new worlds fantastic creatures and make our readers want even more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode one of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Atwood. I'm a science fiction fantasy author. And I'm here to get things going. Before we start, I want to go over the format real quick. Um, we're going to start out each week with what I'm doing as far as, as far as my writing goes. Then we'll get into the topic of the day, which today is science fiction versus fantasy and where does your story fall. And follow that, we're going to talk about a little bit of, of activities or, or AKA homework. All right. That you could do to just to like a uh, drill, drill in the point a little bit. And finally, at the end of each week, I'll have the lessons learned that I will do in order to, I want this to improve myself, but honestly, maybe you can learn, some from, learn from some of my mistakes as well. Okay? All right. <clears throat> the first one here will probably be kind of short. I expect them to be no longer than 40 minutes, but uh, we'll see how it goes and we'll go ahead from there. Okay, what am I doing? I'm a fan of Mercedes Lackey. What she does is that she has a series of uh, books and trilogies and stories. They're all in the same world, is my point, right? And my, my new concept is instead of making a new world for, for every uh, new series or book or what have you, I'm going to do the same thing. I want to have my new one have uh, a tour to be so fleshed out. It, it can be a world of all. It could be a world all, all, all to itself, right? And that's how I'm going. To, that's how I'm going to do that. I'm, my new my new series, the the Great Discord, uh, first book that I'm working on right now, which will be out in November, called The Skull of Power, um, kicks it all off. This summer, I'll be submitting short stories. Um, the various contests this summer, uh, all about the, all in the same world. The reason being is that it's not just to, fl- to flesh out the world some more, but it's also so it's a marketing perspective to get people interested in that world in the first place. Okay, and I'm and and I'm on track right now for it to be out November thirtieth of this year. All right, moving on. <clears throat> Today's topic is science fiction versus fantasy. Why do we care about that? As an author, <clears throat> I should be able to write my story. And if people like it, great. If they don't, great. That's fine, too. Right? That's the way it, way it should be. Well, you can do that. You, you, you for example, could actually have, have a... Uh, have have a story that you could think is fantasy, but is completely dependent on technology for for the story to, to, to reach its climax. And the reader will say, "This is not a fantasy story, right?" But if you want to sell more books, you need to have at least some stories written to market. That's where this comes in, right? Science fiction is a story where technology is the primary driver of the story itself. Period. Example of that, uh, Star Trek. 
Um, there's no fantastical elements, no magic, no thing mystical about Star Trek at all. It's all about technology, everything, every part of it. When you look at <clears throat> now fantasy, however, is means that fantastical elements, whether it being fantastical, mystical, or what, whatever, right, is a primary driver of the story. The obvious one would be any one of the token books, right? The other thing I would see, the other one would be the more uh, <clears throat> more recent ones would be is like Game of Thrones. Um, a book I'm reading right now is by Raymond Feist. It's called uh, Rides and Dread Legions. It's, a, it's, a, it's the first book of, of the Demon War Saga. These are all fantasies where the fantastical elements are the primary driving force of the story. You do have some, uh, you do have some, uh, you do have some hybrids. So the question I have for you is this. <clears throat> is the answer always obvious if it's science fiction or fantasy? The answer is no, right? Um, if you look at Star Wars A New Hope, it was, came out in 79 or 78 or something. If I took, if you, anyone will tell you that's a science fiction story. But if I take out the technology, all of the, the make those ships, instead of being space, capital spaceships, they're now battleships on the ocean. Uh, those planets are now countries or kingdoms on Earth, right? I could have the exact same story. Exact same story, without, without a doubt, same story, right? If I took the force out of Star Wars A New Hope, the story would fall apart. You cannot have Star Wars A New Hope without the force. You can't. Nor can you have Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Cannot happen. So that being said, by technically, Star Wars is, is a fantasy. Technically, I think it would think it would probably be considered science fantasy at this point, right? Uh, because now they're coming up with a, a hybrid of mixing the two genres together. That can be what generally so. <clears throat> Question boils down to now that we understand what these 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 are, and all we'll get in the subgenres later. Why is it important? If I go to the grocery store and I pick up an orange, I peel it and I bite into it, I expect it to taste like an orange, right? And if it tastes like a grapefruit, I'm not going to be very happy. Can you can you imagine if it tastes like lemon? Oh, it'd be nasty, wouldn't it? So. But why is that even, why do I even care about that? Because your reader will be the one picking up the fruit, and the fruit is your book, right? If your reader likes, uh, if, if, your, if your reader likes a uh, dystopian science fiction stories, and that's how, that, that's, a character, that's a category he, he or she finds it under, and it ends up being a, uh, Rather, it ends up being it ends up being a uh, more of a ends up being more of a space opera instead. You may you may have they may be disappointed they may disappoint maybe disappointed in your, in your work, right? Because your expect you manage the expectations of the readers is the whole point. If if the reader expects 
get the story that they expect and that they desire, they're going to, one, enjoy your work more. Two, you're probably going to get a good review out of it. And three, you'll get positive word of mouth. The whole point of genres and subgenres is to help the readers, not us authors, but to help the readers identify books that they're probably going to really, really enjoy. And our job as authors is to our job as authors is to give the readers the best possible work that we can, right? So they can appreciate our art and we can meet and exceed all of their expectations. That's that's awesome writing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you go out there and you write a book that is so incredible that people they, uh, people just people just want to read it to escape from their, to read to read your fantastic your fantasy book in order to 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 escape what's going on and what's going on in the real world. Imagine that. And they think your book is good enough to do that. Well, if you meet their expectations, that's possible. <coughs> Excuse me. So in order to really figure that out, we have to break down we have to break these down into what's called subgenres, right? Science fiction, as an example, is a huge, huge uh, category. Now I'm currently on the on the internet here at Amazon.com under the Kindle store. This is straight so you know where I'm at. And I'm under the science fiction category. Here you have you have your adventure, alien invasion, alternate history, uh, colonization, cyberpunks, first contact, galactic empire, genetic engineering, hard science fiction, LGBT, humorous. Military, post-apocalyptic, um, space exploration, space opera, steampunk, and time travel. That's a lot. And several of those have subgenres underneath that as well, right? Here's the thing. You take your story, right? Let's say, for example, you are doing a military science fiction story. Or rather, you're doing a science fiction story, but you're focusing on your protagonist happens to be in the military, right? Okay. <clears throat> so what I recommend that you do, if this was, this was your case, you'd go in and you'd, you'd purchase some Kindle uh, military science fiction books and start reading them, right? Stephen King said in, in his book on writing, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to write. Whatever genre that you pick... You need to really be a mega fan of that genre, right? This this will do two things. One, it'll help when you read. It'll help to improve your writing. Number two, you'll understand the genre and it reaches expectations that much more, right? So you got to read. So again, military science fiction. You pick pick up a few books as you're reading, as you're doing your writing, and you make sure, hey, I really do fit in this, or you want to know what? Maybe I don't fit in this subgenre. Maybe maybe we. I meet mean, readers' expectations better if I go into Galactic Empire, or if I go down to uh, Space Marines instead, right? Just to give you an idea, I mean that's how we, that's how that's, that's how the uh, bookstores aid us authors in order to really um, determine what the readers want. Now, fantasy has the same thing; they have a subgenres as well. 
Oh, let me back up a second. Hard science fiction. <laughs> Hard science fiction is when you are doing a science fiction story, but the readers are expecting real scientific explanations of why things are happening. Myself, I, I am not one that could deliver that. that I don't have the knowledge or expertise in order to do that. But I do have... I, but most science fiction fans, honestly, don't care why this molecule did whatever it is to that molecule. They care about what happened after the fact. Did it blow up or not? Good example was one of the, um, what's called, which one was that? Sum of All Fears, I think it was. I think it was the Sum of All Fears. I, I, I could be mistaken. <coughs> By Tom Clancy, right? This guy, when I was, whenever you read Tom Clancy, very technical, very, he's like a techno thriller, right? He spent pages on seeing how the nuclear bomb blew up in the uh, in the football stadium. I mean, pages after pages, it was was something else. I found that extremely boring. Where I just skipped over it. I wanted, okay, fine, blew up, great. What happened after that? But some folks like the real technical aspect of it. Hard science fiction is exactly what that is, but on a science fiction level, rather story to rather a thriller story. Okay, let's move on to fantasy now. Fantasy, we have a uh, action adventure, alternative history again. Uh, Authorin, we have Christian fantasy, coming of age, dark fantasy, dragons and mythical creatures, epic. It's also known as high fantasy, by the way. Um, fairy tales, gas lamp, humorous, LGBT, me metaphysical and visionary, military fantasy. That's a, that's a, that's a relatively new subgenre, by the way. Myths and legends, new adult, paranormal and urban fantasies, romantic fantasies, sword and sword and sorceries, and adaptations. Again, <clears throat> these are a... Uh, each one of these subzones have very specific definitions to them, right? Uh, what I recommend that, that you do, you, 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 try, you figure out, um, I'm going to give you some resources here in a few minutes, but a, uh, you figure out where your story is based on your plot points, right? And then you look it up at the, at the tvtropes.org where I'm going to give you in a second, and to make sure you fall within those, uh, that you really are within those eight, uh, Subgenres, and you're aware of what the genre rules are, right? For example, military fantasy. That's a relatively new one, to be honest with you. Maybe within the last year, I think. So <clears throat> that's about is that's about is that you focus on a somebody that's in the military in a fantasy setting. Pretty good, but again, whatever. Wherever you think your story falls under, again, you have to go in and read some of the books in that subgenre. You have to do that. Man, it's all about reading expectations, right? So let's talk about the tropes themselves. What I'm going to give you right now is called a tvtropes.org. So what I want you to do is that after you figure out what, where your story is at, you go to tvtropes.org. And what you do... Is that you? A um, you look up your subgenre, and on that website, that resource there, and you see, okay, fine. 
do I really fit in this genre, right? And then you go out, you, you purchase a few, a few of the eBooks, and to just to get a good idea, to get a good feel for it. That way, you know you're going to be in good shape. Okay. All right. What is a trope? A trope basically is a, a common storyline that is done, that has been that has been has been proven, right? Proven successful. All right, let's let's get a couple examples here. Let's go to time. Let's say I'm doing a time travel story, right? I search time search for time travel here on TV tropes. And I get a list of us uh, called uh, a list of tropes called you can't fight fate, uh, stable time loop. Another one is set right what went for what went what went wrong. The temporal paradox. <coughs> Trapped in the past, alternate timeline, etc., etc., etc. Now, what this this resource does? Okay, fine. Say we go into uh, let's pick one. Say we do temporal paradox, right? <clears throat> no. So basically, with that, so we we look at the temporal paradox trope, and it says basically characters go to the past. In the past, they change history. And if they do so, they bat. If they, if they do so by accident, it will, it well may end the story with a, with a karmic, uh, uh, karma twist ending, or it could be really bad, right? On the other hand, they may have to change history intentionally to, to change to change their their, their their present, but the conditions uh, changed so to a point where their desired results never occurred, and ended up being far far worse. I mean, this is a really good resource for you, okay? That's one. Let's look at the, uh, <clears throat> look, look at sword and sorcery, for example, as a, as a trope for fantasy, right? Remember when I said sword and sorcery is a, uh, is a subgenre. What is it exactly? <clears throat> Typically, sword and sorcery is that you have the three main traits for, for your hero or heroine. Um, they are people of action, right? They're larger than life, and they fight evil through pure strength of will, and usually until 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 they're dead. The protagonists typically are outsiders, typically, and they're not and they're not a uh, they have no place in decent society. Lastly, their motivation is almost entirely self-interest. It's not for like the good of the world or anything like that. It's because of themselves, what they want, because of something selfish which, which they want, not for the greater good. Or if you go to high fantasy, as an example, there's the contrast. Let me pull this one up. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, in high fantasy, you have politics, you get wars. I mean, the world typically is not an earth setting, right? But that doesn't mean you couldn't do it. A, uh, some of the cool elements you could have is like some kind of artifacts of doom, some kind of special sword or horse. You have magic in there, prophecies, a big quest, right? The point is, uh, 
epic fantasy affects the world. If they fail, it's done. Is <laughs> what it boils down to. Heroic fantasy is like you know, if 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 I don't steal the jewel today, I just don't get it. <laughs> the world still continues, but not epic fantasy is not the case. Okay, so. Again, this is all about expectations, right? And if you manage to go ahead and, and research your tropes, right? And you can make sure that, okay, fine, my tropes are, my story is, it's obviously not going to be directly in line with it all the time, but I will meet my readers' expectations if that's what they're looking for and if they buy it under that category. You follow me? Something like that. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about homework. What I love for you to do, right, is if you're is it you're working on a story right now. First of all, is it science fiction or fantasy, and what and why do you say that? What is the element that makes it that way, right? Next, what subgenre are, are do you think you're in? Go to go to the go to the Amazon site and to the TVTropes.org. And well, first what you do, you want to go to Amazon, where do you think it would go? Then go to tvtropes.org in order to really figure out, okay, fine, that's where I think it is. What are the general genre rules for that sub for that subset? And take a look. You might be surprised. I mean, but you may think you may think, for example, you may have a uh, you may have a good a uh, you may have a good sword and sorcery, but it might be better off as being a uh, dragons and mystical creatures instead. I mean, it's all about, this is about how you market your story, right? And making sure your story meets the expectations of your readers. Okay. <clears throat> the other thing is this. Put yourself in the reader's perspective. Go to that subgenre itself, right? And look at the book covers. Do those book covers meet your expectations of that's of that's of that's of that subgenre. You know, pick a couple out that do and that don't and just ask yourself is why, right? If you go into Amazon you will find plenty of book covers that do not meet the uh, general uh, general thing general uh, trope ideas for the subgenres and, and many that do. Okay? But if you understand that, when it comes down, when it comes time for you to get look at your book or decide which one you want, you'll have a better idea of what you're trying, what you're trying to do as far as branding goes. All right. All right. Next thing, my lesson learned for this week. I'm kind of a news junkie, and a, uh, being the a, uh, being in the uh, late sorry mid a January mid May excuse me. A, uh, it's been a quite of um, excessive news week, and a, uh, I was distracted on the internet in front of my, took away from my writing time to to look at the news because of what's been going on. I will not do that again because now I'm behind. <laughs> so that being said, a, uh, maybe next time I'll just turn off the Wi-Fi off my computer while I'm, while I'm supposed to be writing. All right. If you want to, uh, if you want me, if you want, if you want to share anything, or if you want to suggest a, a topic for us to talk about, please send me an email at steve at stevenatwood.net. Also, uh, next week, how, how we're going to work this out? 
the next one here, next one's going to be about uh, basic story structure for next week. But then after that, I want to get right into world building. World building is probably the most world building is the most important, in my opinion, at least the most important differentiator between science fiction and fantasy and the other major uh, book genres. And there are similarities and uh, between uh, world building and both. We're going to break it down into chunks, and I want to get that done as quickly as possible so we could have some really good, a, uh, so we can really help people out, make some really good stories. All right, and that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Science Fiction and Fantasy Writing Podcast. I hope you got something out of today's broadcast. Please take a moment to rate and comment about this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. You know, wherever you get your podcast from. If you are enjoying this podcast, help us stay in the air for the cost of one latte a month. Visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sffwritingpodcast. Lastly, if you have any suggestions or questions, please email me at steve at stephenatwood.net. Uh, that's Stephen with a V. Until then, see you next time.